0: Hey Broadway people, we are back for another exciting round of some Broadway Breakdown for you We are going to be discussing the humans today, so come and join along with us Welcome to Popcorn
1: Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews Popcorn Talk,
0: we talk movies This is a traditional Irish song for our Irish play today Hi everybody. My name is Brianna Phipps. I will be your host for tonight. You can find me everywhere at BFIPS14, Twitter, and Instagram, BFIPS1214 Snapchat. Um, I am joined here by my lovely, lovely host today. Uh,
1: 123 Jackie B on all platforms. And um, my Snapchat
0: is Jackie B123. Just to make things difficult. Yeah, you know, we like to be different sometimes. <laughs> um, like I said, we are discussing a it's not an Irish-Irish play, but they are Irish in the play. We're discussing the humans today. It was the most award-winning play from the Tony Awards. Straight um, play. Straight. Well, musical is what I will say.
1: Yeah. I don't know why, but I grew up... We grew up... Not that these plays are particularly... like when I don't know. The term straight seems weird when <laughs> when you're an adult, but when I was a kid, it
0: would be a straight play or a musical. Makes sense. Um, for you that do not know this play very well or at all, it is... Basically a dysfunctional family getting together for Thanksgiving dinner at their daughter's new house with her boyfriend. Um, We'll go into it a little more, but before we do, I want to talk to you about some Broadway news in our new segment that we have, and this news is going to be brought to us by Robert Diamond and BroadwayWorld.com. So first up in the platform is we have Christian Chenoweth, Kevin McKidd, Christopher Seabird. Jennifer Holiday leading... Um, they did a private reading of The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas.
1: Which, if you haven't heard the music, or you haven't seen the movie, go look it up. Uh, Dolly Parton plays the role that Kristen Chenoweth did in this staged reading, and it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I think it's hilarious.
0: Although it's, we did tell her about hilarious. the Harold and Kumar reference, and she didn't get it. Yeah, I don't watch Harold and Kumar. <laughs> um, and... They did this on June 29th, and I know, Jackie, you said you were excited because you were hoping that this means that the revival is in the works.
1: Right. I, I hope that this means that there's a revival that involves Kristen Chenoweth and Jennifer Holliday. Um, not the men, though. <laughs> well, I mean, especially... Don't like, want the Scottish men to be part of Well, it? Kevin McKid. I had to look him up, and I was like, oh, he's one of those Mick Hansoms or whatever yeah, it is no. from... He's from- not Mick anything on... Oh, he's not? No. Okay, because he's on Grey's Anatomy. He's on Grey's Anatomy. But there's he's only not, two mixed, Oh, there's only two. See, this is the thing. I've only seen, like, two episodes of Grey's Anatomy,
0: so I don't... I was like, okay, that doesn't he's really do He's also in, me. I believe, How to Train Your Dragon. Anyway. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Which I have also not seen. Um, so. Yeah, so ho- hopefully that means that you get what your wishes. I get a Broadway revival. revival. Uh, so let's move it along, because we don't have a ton of, ton of time. Uh... Anastasia, Anastasia, is being made. We this has been known for a while, but uh, they've added some people to the list. We have Christie. I'm so Alt- excited. Yay.
1: Yeah, they did actually. They did a um, They've done a production in Hartford, Connecticut, that was very popular. Yeah. So they're just, and
0: all these people that um, are coming back. They just announced that all these people: Kirsty Altimore, Derek Klena, John Bolton, and Carolyn O'Connor. They're all going to reprise their roles for, for Broadway. For the Broadway show.
1: I'm really excited because that was that was like one of my favorite kids' movies in the
0: '90s, and I really, I always get so annoyed though because people always consider it Disney, and I'm like, it's not Disney. It's not Disney. They didn't no. do it. Disney. No. I feel like it would have been a much different movie if Disney did it. Like, not to say a better movie, it was just different. There would have been less, I think, of the like adult humor and less of the like scary. Yeah,
1: stuff. I think probably it's it's hard to say too, and it's it's hard to say why disney didn't do that because they they did pocahontas in such a special way i mean po- i mean i'm not to knock on well, you the don't honest, want but it's, like, it's like it's like wildly historically inaccurate to the point where like pocahontas w- would have been like a 14 year old and in this one she's got like big boobs and looks like she's like damn near 30 so i don't know i think you know well
0: anyway if you want to check out this new show, and you're in New York area, you're going to be in the New York area in April of next year. It opens April 24, 2017. Um, it will include songs from the original movie. It'll also have its own original score. Um, and the tickets will go on sale in the fall, so keep a lookout for them. Uh, we also... Next up is Hamilton has now officially been preserved. With the original cast, on film. it is is been on filmed, film. yes, yeah. and it is the original cast. Jonathan Groff came back, which is what I was hoping for, so I'm really happy about that. And they did that on um, June 28th. So if you were at that show, that is the show that has been filmed and will be shown hopefully on the PBS part of special. that.
1: Yeah, I was thinking hopefully part of it will be part of the PBS special. No, because... I'm sure.
0: I'm sure that's why they were doing it, and then also to possibly maybe one day, hopefully, put it up on the yeah. And then because it
1: would be, I, I mean, as much as people might not like, um, I guess filmed performances, they have sold filmed performances on, like at back in the day on VHS I mean, yeah, or whatever. It you know, was
0: one of the ones that I had growing up. That was I the remember, Into film. the Woods.
1: They yes,
0: and then um, it wasn't necessarily it was a film performance, but uh, Mary Martin and Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. And they also did a, Peter Pan with. Um, um, I'm blanking on her name right now. Uh, the girl that the gymnast—I uh, can't think of her name right I now. I don't know. I watched I'm the Mary sorry. Martin one, so that's I watched why I'm, both. But I—I I saw her in person, which is why it's making me mad that I can't remember. Because
1: her name. I know people are always want to say, "Okay, well, we want to make a true movie," you know, where you're using like movie sets and. Um, I know,
0: but I feel like it's better to watch when it's just actually the theater play. I—I
1: I actually really like. I actually really enjoy it when it's a theater play
0: because you you're more Or even if they more.
1: make it like a theater play like uh Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, if you've never seen that movie with Donnie Osmond, it's amazing. And by amazing, I mean there are fake sheep and fake ishmaelites and all kinds of like like very stagey staging choices that have been made. Um which I it's, I find it is Joseph and the Technicolor
0: Dreamcoat isn't it cheesy yeah. as is. Yeah. Without it's them. cheesy as it is.
1: <laughs> And it's got Donny Osmond. What more could you want? Not that I'm comparing that to Hamilton in any way, shape, or form.
0: So we also have Tracy Thomas, Brandon Aronowitz, Betsy Wolf, and more are going to be joining the new revival of Falsettos. Um, this play will also, also has Stephanie... Jay Block, Christian Borrell, who I love, and Andrew Reynolds, who I also love. It's starring Andrew Reynolds and Christian Borrell. Which... It'll go
1: into previews in September,
0: and I think it actually opens in the end of October. Mm-hmm. It does, and Deke Sharon, who did Pitch Perfect and um, that the new cartoon movie, sing-along, or the sing-off. So uh, it's a two... Did the vocal... What happened vocals. was, was
1: I, I guess they originally... It was originally, like, three one-act plays, and they took the latter two and put them together to make falsettos.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped ahead to a couple. I'm sorry, guys. That was <laughs> stupid of me. Oh, I was talking about with falsettos. The, uh, with the Deke Sharon. That's not for this one. Oh, okay. I was I'm talking sorry. about
1: falsettos. Yeah, so the it was originally a three one-acts, and then they're taking the other... the latter two, the last two, um, and they put them together, and that's what made the musical falsettos and it's about the AIDS crisis.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know too much about this musical. I haven't heard anything from it uh, as a reason, but I'm excited that it, they're going to do this revival and with these people because I'll probably listen to it now. And
1: I've listened to it, but I've never seen it. So it's, sh- it should be interesting.
0: Um, so what I was saying before, which I got For in of my transit notes, was the other one is in transit, which is an acapella musical is coming to Broadway. And uh, this fall that's yes. what threw me off the this it's the fall. people
1: from Pitch Perfect and or someone from uh, Pitch Perfect and well Deek
0: Sharon he's not in it he just he, helped with the vocal arrangements right. and he helped with Pitch Perfect and the, the sing-along that new the new cartoon movie with the gorilla I think is that one I don't know about the cartoon oh. but I do know that or the sing-off uh, novel. and then um,
1: and Kristen Stur- Anderson-Lopez who, who wrote Frozen, Frozen. Frozen.
0: and also the it's going to be directed Frozen. by Kathleen Marshall
1: it's a, it's about eleven people on a subway, eleven New Yorkers on a subway, and their goings on. I I like the idea of a cappella as a musical.
0: It's gonna you're gonna have to have really really strong singers. I feel like to be able to just do it without any help, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it's hard enough. I mean, I couldn't do it uh, to even have just one note and start off. I can nothing.
1: imagine. I can imagine though that that it's not gonna. I mean, maybe I'm getting my words, but I can imagine where it would be not entirely a cappella, where they have to give notes here and there.
0: You know? I mean, it'll be, inter- it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. So that's coming um, this fall as well, too.
1: Random extra note on my behalf: uh, I saw this play last night, "The Spitfire Grill." I it's a musical. Um, it's playing at the Palisades right now. Even if you don't, know, you're not local and you want to look up the music, I really liked the music,
0: so I recommend checking it out. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that is our news for the day. And like I said, that was brought to you by BroadwayWorld.com. You can go on their website, find more stories, or read more about these ones. Um, So let's get right back into why we're here, which is The Humans. Uh, The Humans was the most awarded play of the season, which we both found a little surprising to us. I thought it was going to be eclipsed. Yeah, we both thought it was going to be eclipsed, and we'll get more into that a little bit later.
1: And that's also, having said, like this is based on... Not having seen the plays, knowing the subject matter, but not having read those plays either, so it's like I still, I'm still ordering from Amazon, even though it's like they're on back order for some of these plays. I'm still ordering them to read them, but I I think you get more of a perspective once you've read it or watched it. Yeah, I mean it's hard when you're just
0: hearing news about it, and then when you've actually read the material yourself or seen it, which is harder for us on the West Coast, especially with plays. Right, they don't go touring as much as musicals do. Um, it won
1: best play, it won best featured actor, it won uh, best featured actress, and best, best scenic scene design. design. And then it was nominated for lighting and best direction. And this
0: um, this play is by Stephen Karam, right? Um, who's known for writing dark comedies, and this definitely is a dark comedy because when you first are reading it, you think—at least I thought—you know this is very, you know, just casual. Every day, yeah, they have some issues, yeah, there's like these jokes going on, but there's nothing that special until you get to the end, and then I'm like, oh, okay. and
1: I, I don't know, maybe reading it, um also this play has like continuous action that's going on, so it's if you don't know it's a two part set, so you have you're, you're in an apartment building in New York, a basement level apartment building where they they basically took two old apartments and made it a kind of a split level. Split level. Apartment, And so they have the the bedroom and the bathroom and an entrance on the second level. And then the basement is like the kitchen and the table where they're eating Thanksgiving dinner. And so there's action that is written in the script as like split action. Yeah, so you they have- wanted
0: your eyes to be able to wander to whichever room you kind of wanted to wander to, even if it's not where the dialogue is happening at the moment.
1: Which I, and sometimes, sometimes the dialogue is happening, like, boom, 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 you'll have some upstairs and some downstairs. There's a lot of
0: overlapping dialogue in this.
1: Right, which to me, I guess, like, I was more, when I was reading it, I was more paying attention to kind of, like, breaking down what's happening up here, what's happening down there, and it didn't seem funny, but I guess when I finally did watch some clips online, I was like, okay, like, when you put in the physical... I, not physical comedy like Marx Brothers, but, like, physical comedy as far as, like, their facial expressions or the way they're saying certain things, um, it starts to give you more context as to how this can be funny, whereas I was reading it and I was like, this is getting really bleak really
0: fast. <laughs> um, and just to go and we have a person, Cheryl, that we did tweet out that this was going to be 1776 originally. We, unfortunately, had to push some things around. We really wanted to pay homage to the best or most Tony-awarded play because we did the most Tony-awarded musical, and I do apologize for that. We will be doing it eventually, just not at the moment. Um, so back into the play. Uh, we have these themes that go in the play, and fear is the main one. And it's written in the script like that they have all these different outlining fears. We have poverty, criticism, ill health, loss of love of someone, old age and death.
1: They also, I mean, another theme is... When you read the intro, it's the uncanny, which is um, for us, like, uncanny seems like it would be like beyond normal or inexplicable, where you're like, he has an uncanny ability to memorize lines, mm-hmm. you know. But psychologically, um, uncanny has kind of a different context. Um, Freud called it the like a, a strangely familiar and rather mysterious kind of feeling, so I, um, and they have a blurb on it, if you read the script, they have a blurb in, in the entrance, kind of explaining the notion of uncanny, and I thought it was, it was like this, you're watching this, and it does, as far as, like, Brianna both, Brianna and I both said, we felt like we could relate to this, and it's, it's, if you're a middle-class, American. I, I want to specify that it's like not going to be relatable on all kinds of levels. But if you're like a middle class American, I feel that it is like strangely. Relatable. I mean, I think
0: the family dynamic can be relatable to anyone because even in the play, like there's hints, you know, that her boyfriend, um, uh, is Richard, is more well off than they are, and has been his whole life. You know, he's a trust fund baby, and you, I just, you know. They have the whole thing with the religion, but the parents and the daughters don't have the religion, which I think is so prominent in our culture today. I know in, in my family. And we, probably, I
1: mean, we have to say that we're both, we both come from Irish Catholic families. We do. So, uh, well, my... I was me, actually
0: raised Protestant, though. My, my grandfather oh, really? is Irish Catholic, though.
1: My mom's side of the family is Irish Catholic. So, uh, as you can tell by my last name, my dad's side of the family is not but my mom's side of the family is Irish Catholic. And so I think when you have someone like that in your family, which there are a lot of Irish
0: Catholic people in America, it's just... Especially on the East Coast. Yeah,
1: there are a lot of them. So I think that having it set in New York with an Irish Catholic family, you're going to get a lot of people who who feel like I relate to that experience, who, who have had yeah. the...
0: And you all definitely, especially with the Irish Catholic families, is religion is so important to them. Um, so with our generation, I know it's with my mom even and dad it's weird for them that me and my sister don't really go to church and i had to kind of like explain it to her and stuff but it is like this whole thing of like oh well you don't have religion so i feel like i did something wrong or you're not going to get everything that you need to get out of life because you don't have this thing that you need to have
1: i i mean i feel branching off of that the idea um hi elia who joined us um i'm sorry if i said your name wrong but um, I, I do feel there's also, in, in Irish Catholic families, and this is not just, actually not, just Catholic families in general. They have this sense of, like, the totems mm-hmm. that come with them, like the Mary statues or or um, different religious medallions. Like, I feel
0: um, like if we walk into her parents' house, like, with her mom being who she is, or their mom being who she is, uh, she's that house that has all those little sayings from the Bible you know, imprinted on little cases of paper and framed and on the like pillows (laughs) like it's just a it's covered from head to toe like that's the feel you get from her mom
1: yeah and you can relate i mean i guess like people who come from those backgrounds can relate to that sense of like guilt and the sense of the parents like well if you put these little like Mary tchotchkes up they'll they'll help you like spiritually somehow and you're like oh gosh okay
0: um And, and like we both said like you know reading this playthrough especially with these parts and stuff it didn't seem that funny but then when you watch, like, they have a couple clips that they had filmed uh, on YouTube that it's not, and it's not illegal clips, they're actual clips, but um, the deliverance of the lines, that's what brings the comedy. And and I think some of the situations, too, because, like, there's
1: there's humor in, in the everyday, there's humor in the mundane, and you have this situation where, like, the bathroom doesn't seem to flush very well, and they're all mentioning, oh, like, I stank up the bathroom, you know? Like, things that your family member would say and would be funny. Yeah. And um, there's, like, this whole situation where the light bulb goes out, and, like, it turns out that the parents have brought, like, y- you know, all these all these extra, like, provision Care packages. Yeah, care package lights and, and things like that, and I, I'm like... I, I could... thought the
0: lighting was actually really interesting with reading it, because when... They're having a really deep conversation. The two daughters in the um, the top part, the lights go out. Mm-hmm. And then all the lights are in the bottom. And then at the end of the play, there's like a lot going on and everyone's kind of, they don't know what to do. And there's all this stuff that's being brought to the light and every light goes out. So I thought that was also, I don't know. I just thought the way they use the lighting from reading it was very interesting and cool
1: yeah i did think it was cool too i thought the idea of continuous action on the set was cool as well i always love it when i mean this is a a 90 minute play where the actors are doing continuous work they're like if they're off stage it's because they quote unquote went to the hallway to go downstage. stage so literally those actors are they never stop working mm-hmm. um so, what's what's fascinating to me is, like, this is a real challenge as an actor. It's like, you have to be continually on. There's no, like... You don't get a break. You don't get a break. There's no moment of, okay, like, this person gets to go off in the wings and chill.
0: Yeah, um, let's talk about the actors a little bit, because we haven't really introduced the characters yet. Uh, I think
1: thematically, though, I just want to say this. Like, them- thematically having the actors not have a break, you kind of feel like it's, like, a symbol for the middle class not having a break of, like... There, are you know, you have these parents who are, who are, should probably be retired by now, but are still working because they don't have any savings, which is a, a very real problem that they've, that, um, the current political candidates are trying to address. So I, I feel like having it as continuous action, you get that feeling that it's like the actors are, are doing that hard work that like the middle class Americans are, are doing their whole lives.
0: Um... Yeah, <laughs> Just and a um. Just a thought. So this play uh, is for those who don't know it that well is broken down by five characters. We have uh, Amy and Bridget, who are the two daughters. We have Eric and Deidre, or six. Sorry, six characters. Eric and Deidre, who are the parents. Uh, we have Momo, who's the their grandma. grandmother. She's Eric's mom. Who who has Alzheimer's and is in very very bad condition, and then we also have. Bridget's boyfriend Richard who she's moving in with and this is where all the religious stuff comes in is basically with um Bridget and Richard are living in sin because they're not married and they're living together and they've moved in into this place
1: and he is much he's I think at least 10 years older than she is 38
0: yeah he's it doesn't really tell you what age she is we just know she's graduated from college so we can assume she's in her 20s right it seems like he's a he's about ten years older. Yeah, than, I mean they make is. constant jokes about the age difference, about how he's closer to more or could be closer to her parents' age because they're sixty one.
1: And they say that he's going to get his trust fund at forty, 40. and he's been. Apparently, he's been going back to school for social work, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Social work. And yeah, he then, wants to be a social worker. He wants to be a social worker. And then she seems to be struggling. She went to some music cons- music conservatory school, and she seems to be struggling with the job mm-hmm. um, in that respect. And I thought um, Stephen Karam said this was semi-autobiographical, as I think most writers do that. You know, if you're drawing from something, you got to draw a little bit from your own yeah. experience, even if you're not setting them in the exact place you grew up which this family is from pennsylvania so is he um i think you still have to draw the emotions from somewhere and so it seems to me like he's making um he's he's got this comparison to his own life where you have people who are struggling struggling artists come from middle class families trying to make it in the big city which um I feel like, I felt like that was something I could relate to, where your parents come and they're like, you moved out here for this? Like, you live in this, like, shitty apartment now, and... And I can hear the people stomping upstairs.
0: And I could relate to, and not necessarily even my parents, but like living in a place where you're trying to almost convince yourself because that's what I feel like Bridget and Richard are doing. They're trying to convince themselves, like, oh no, this is a great place. Look right. at all the space we have. So you're trying to convince yourself, and then people come in from the outside and are pointing out what's bad, and you're like, just stop. I'm. Tr- it's hard enough right. that I'm living here. Just please, please let me be delusional. About right. It.
1: Exactly. And there, I mean, she. And it's like she's also saying, kind of implies that she could have gotten, they could have helped her out. You know, it's this, this which, sense that your parents are criticizing you, but you're like, but you didn't help me, so what am I supposed to do?
0: Yeah, and and, and she, they are not. In a she's position really to help her. tough on her mom, though, like to a point where it's like her older sister, who you think would be the one the parents would be more on because she's a lesbian, and if the religious thing is a factor in that, then they should be against which her her entire lifestyle but they're more hard on Bridget and it's constantly, I feel like Amy's job to go back and forth.
1: Well, the, the other, the older daughter is a lawyer. So I think there's an implication there that like, if you're, if you're a lawyer, which like, if you're in the middle class, having a doctor or a lawyer in the family is like a big deal. (laughs) So it's like, well, she's a lawyer. It doesn't matter what she is. She's a lawyer. You know, I, I get, I, I feel like that's that's the implication and also Stephen kram is gay so i don't know
0: so is joe montella isn't he i think so yeah and he directed this play yeah that well.
1: i don't know for sure but at least at, you know there's this implication that it's there's there's probably some other like um autobiographical thing going on with that as
0: well i just love that every character had something that they were dealing with like amy had the fact that she has this uh what, what is it called the cola and, it
1: sounded like she has it was something like some sort of something akin to Crohn's disease, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, and like, and I then, can't remember what it was called exactly. But from the way she described it, it sounded like it was something akin to Crohn's yeah. disease.
0: And this disease is basically ruining her life. Like she she's lost a relationship because of it. She's losing her job because of it. Um, and so she and she's gonna have to have surgery where she'll eventually poop out of her stomach. <laughs> um, and, uh, we have Eric, who and
1: we're laughing, but it's like that's part of the humor I, that comes into it because I, I think like there, there are I can think of many times in my own family where people say like you know something that's really morbidly true, but it's like still funny. Oh yeah, when, my grandpa, the only way you when my grandpa when my grandpa had
0: surgery in his colonoscopy bag, like he would just be like, oh yeah, and this is where my poop is, and I am like, <laughs> thanks, grandpa, that's that's lovely. Can you cover that back up with the blanket now? Right, <laughs> um, but we also have. Uh, We have Eric and he's dealing with, you know, he, we know all throughout the play that there's something happening Mm. because there's constant little conversations that you're not hearing or you're hearing little parts of between him and Deidre and and he hasn't been sleeping and he's being visited by this faceless woman in his dreams and uh, then we have Deidre. And he's having
1: trauma from being in uh, him and um, Alice, Alice, the older daughter uh amy amy him and amy i'm sorry i don't i didn't write that down in my screen uh eric and amy were in new york on september 11th and she was there for a job interview so i think like the implication as part of this nightmare is coming from a, a september 11th nightmare where people were covered in dust and
0: yeah um and then we have deidra who is dealing with i don't want to give too much away in case people want to see it but um I don't know if we should give away really the I acting. don't want to give away too much because yeah. I
1: really, I, I really, I think, I hope people uh, will watch this and will be encouraged to mm-hmm. read it or see it. And I don't want to give too much away either. Like, I feel like this is one of those things where probably everybody hasn't seen it. And I would really, I would really love for people to yeah. to figure it
0: out. So, so I will say that she is dealing with something with her husband. I mean, that's obvious, like I said, throughout the play. Um, and she's going to Weight Watcher. So she's been dealing with her weight and it's brought up they it she's trying but she's she slips you know she's human like the play says yeah. and people just are making fun of her like oh well you ate, you bought those blueberry donuts oh well you know which one she wants and
1: i don't know if this is true of all families but at least in my family um shout out to my mom who gets picked on a lot in my family not 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 for weight like but she my mom does stuff, and we all just pick on her, even though, like, if any one of us did those things, we wouldn't get picked on as much. I don't know what it is, if it's, like, something to do with the fact that, like, she she has such a good nature about it, or, you know, moms are an easy target. I don't know. Like, I don't know what See, that is. Yeah, See, I feel is. like in
0: my family, it's everyone gets a little bit picked on, but I feel like I'm kind of a little bit more so.
1: Because Aww. I'm a little...
0: I Sometimes I just... I'm a little bit dumb. I say, like... <laughs> I say things before I think about it, and then I realize I said it wrong. <laughs> Um, as you guys will come to notice, I'm sure, if you haven't already. But let us know Um. (laughs) if you
1: think, if there's that, let us know who is that one person in your family that you feel like people probably pick on the most. And not in a mean way, like, I feel like they're, part of it is loving, because part of it, they, they are worried about her health, and then part of it is, um is, like, her good-natured reaction to Mm -hmm. it, you know, that she seems to be laughing in on the joke.
0: Yeah, but you can tell that also she's... That
1: it hurts hurts her, too.
0: Because she knows. She knows she cheats on her diet. She knows she's not doing what she can do to lose the weight, but...
1: But it's funny because you have some instances where, like, almost, like, one of the daughters might get picked on or something, and they lash right back. They're like, nah, uh, 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 uh. So...
0: Which would not, like, it would happen in my family, but if it did, like, especially around, like, my dad or, like, someone of high up standards like we would get shot down right away like oh you're saying that about your mother if we were being mean like they were being in this play towards their mother like it would not happen it would not fly
1: yeah let us know let us know if you like if in your family dynamic you're the one who's picked on or if you think someone or if you think this is just like ridiculous and no one would be picked on whatsoever
0: yeah I mean some families maybe that is what happens I I, I mean I just
1: felt this was relatable um to a lot of people because these people—they have a lot of things wrong with them. Um, you know, everybody's everybody's family has something going on. Um, the The grandmother is like very, very ill. She's um, got Alzheimer's. She's muttering nonsense, and she has episodes. Um, the The parents—the um, dad lost his job. The mom is saying how she had. Um, this job for many, many years, and like younger kids are coming in and, and getting like a better position. Well, they're, yeah,
0: they're her bosses. Yeah, and um, I feel
1: like all all of this is very like it's very relatable to multiple generations and what we're struggling with in America today, which is kind of this like dwindling of the of the of the prosperity of the middle class. On
0: this is why I think it did win the Tony Awards is because it is so relatable because it has this dialogue that everyone can understand and have a connection with and you know like i said it's this play where like all throughout it it just seems kind of like this normal family dynamic and then at the end it's just like a a wave hits your house and it's chaos so i mean i i haven't read the other plays but i would i would see this play based off of reading it and i wouldn't have before based off of just the short little description of it's a family eating thanksgiving dinner together and
1: i like you know what else i I like about this play is that The play is not, um, August Osage County, you know, it's not, like, the family descends into chaos and they're, like, yelling and beating the crap out of each other, like, or slapping each other not beating the crap out of each other, but, like, it's, you're not, like, oh my gosh, like, like, shit just got real, like, shit is getting real throughout the whole play, but it's a very real kind of real, and I know that sounds kind of, like, redundant, but... When you're watching it, you feel more, I think, like it could be your family because there, there's no episode in there where, where there's like a heightened reality or something that people couldn't like insert themselves
0: into. There's no like... And at the end of it, everyone still is trying to love each other. Yeah. They still are trying to see the best in each other even though this chaos has ensued.
1: Right. And right. it's not and I I mean when we say chaos I again like I don't want to imply that there's some sort of like slapping or even like yelling or or like
0: yeah crazy it's just, we're just we just we just or don't want to give away the ending so yeah, we're Yeah, I don't want to give away it. the
1: ending, but at the same time it's like it it feels too close to home. And some I parts th-
0: of it, yeah. And
1: I think that's why I think I do think that's why this play won the Tony, although I still want to read the other plays because sometimes as a viewer I think we do need to see plays like that that hit close to home as viewers to kind of learn about ourselves and our society but sometimes you're just like man this is so close to home I wish I could spend like an hour somewhere else and um and I think for me like by the end, I'm sure people have that feeling where they're like, they're like wow, this is so close to home. And
0: like... Or they like immediately have to pick up a phone and call someone, like their daughter or son or parents, yeah. and be like, I love you, by the way. <laughs> um,
1: it also got nominated for a Pulitzer. I feel like we should say something.
0: Yeah, and so did uh, his other play. Um... Uh,
1: yes, The Sons of the Prophet. He is Lebanese-American, or one side of his family is Lebanese-American, one side is Irish-American. So the Sons of the Prophet is a Lebanese-American family and story, and then this one's Irish-American. And I, I think it's interesting that the two that were most heavily autobiographical were nominated for a Pulitzer Prize, which I think drawing on... And
0: he's very young. Look, I mean, l- at least looking-wise. I don't actually know. I didn't look up his actual age, but from the photos I saw of him, he's very young-looking. So to have accomplished this much, even if he is even in his thirties or even the early forties is a lot.
1: Right. And I think, I I mean, I think that, um, when, when you draw on your own experiences, people come to see that kind of truth and they appreciate it.
0: Um, so I don't know. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, we end this up
1: not really no no but you should come check out our next show which is about Xanadu
0: yeah guys next week we'll be discussing the movie musical Xanadu Jackie unfortunately will not be here with us next week I believe no I won't she's out of town but she'll be with us in spirit she'll be dancing with her headband jr
1: will be here he's fabulous
0: and maybe some others we'll see we'll see what happens um but like we said you can buy the human script uh it's available on amazon uh nook Barnes and Noble, pretty much probably almost any bookstore that you go to. I couldn't find one on Kindle for it, um, but it is on Nook. So if you have one of those, you can get it there. Uh, it's like eleven dollars. It's really cheap.
1: Scripts are fairly cheap. So
0: I, it, I, it's a fun script to read. It's it's relatable and it might make you want to just go to New York and see the play. So if it is it still on, there? actually. I don't actually know. I don't like actually know, guys, if it's still running. I'm but sorry, if it's not still running, if it does a, anything, or if you see it come to a local theater, I think it's worth going to see. Um, I
1: could definitely see because of the because of the kind of like everyday manness, everyday personness going on in this play. I could definitely see it being big in a couple years in like community theaters, where um, where a big hit in community theaters if they can get the rights to it. Yeah. So
0: if it comes to your town, I definitely would go check it out. You know, it's it's worth um, the ticket fee. I think, which probably, especially for community Theater, would be very low. Um, and it's definitely worth reading.
1: And it, let us know. Let us know if you're interested in other plays to hear us talk about. Tweet at us. Um, Messages in the comments. Let us know.
0: Yeah, because it's definitely gonna be very much easier for us to talk about musicals and stuff. Like those are, I think, easier to pop up and easier to just like think about. Um, so we love reading plays. So if you know of one that maybe we haven't heard of even, let us know. Cause we would love to read it. Maybe it'll appear on our show. So, um, like I said, we will be back next week. I'll be here discussing Xanadu. I'll have some special guests with us. James Jr. will be one of them. Um, if not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can always find me, bfips 14 on Twitter and Instagram, bfips 1214 Snapchat. And Jackie, uh, where can they find you?
1: I am 123 Jackie B. Twitter, Instagram. My website is 123JackieB.com. And then uh, Snapchat, I'm JackieB123, just to be difficult.
0: All right, guys, come join us next week, or we'll be talking, as we said again, Xanadu. And come join us every Sunday. And have a good rest of your week. Happy Fourth of July. Uh we're
1: trying to end our show but no one's home. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys.
0: Technical difficulties. Live performances This is people. What
1: live, this is what live podcasting is all about. Thank you, you too.